This is the Voice of Business, a podcast from the Worcester Regional Chamber of Commerce, sponsored by Worcester Regional Airport, in partnership with the Telegram and Gazette. I'm Executive Editor Dave Nordman, joined, as always, on this Monday by Tim Murray, CEO and President of the Worcester Regional Chamber of Commerce. Welcome, Tim. Good to be here, Dave. Thanks for uh, the partnership that allows us to tape this segment in preparation for our Voice of Business, which runs every Wednesday at uh, 9 a.m. on 830 WCRN. And we want to thank Hank Stoltz and Ben White and the team there at WCRN who are doing a great job at 830 a.m. and helping keep the community informed, as well as our sponsors who make the Voice of Business happen, Worcester Regional Airport and Fidelity Bank, who uh, play important roles in the community. uh, and I want to thank them. But uh, we've got deadlines. May 29th is an important date. Uh, one of the grant programs that was started in part replicated and modeled on the grant program that the city of Worcester put together, the small, uh, small grant business resiliency, uh, the state treasurer, Deb Goldberg, put together through her Office of Economic Empowerment a grant, a uh, $2,500 grant targeted for gateway cities. And Worcester is a gateway city, uh, as is uh, Fitchburg. So uh, businesses in that area, you have until May 29th to apply for that grant. Again, it's $2,500, not a loan, a grant. You can go on to mass.gov, Treasurer's Office of Economic Empowerment, and uh, get your application in for May 29th. Uh, talk about some of the other uh, approaching deadlines, um, Tim. Yeah, well, one of the programs that we started five years ago, which has been an enormous success, is our Leadership Worcester program uh, in partnership with the Greater Worcester Community Foundation. That program, is we've seen those uh, individuals who've graduated from the Leadership Worcester cohorts, in some cases up-and-comers in various businesses and organizations, in other cases the people new to the area and, and want to really uh, take an accelerated course to kind of learn the people, players, the various institutions and, and, and business sectors here. That Leadership Worcester program has a cohort that will start in September, but the applications are due May 29th. So if you run a business or an organization and you see somebody that you really see as an up-and-comer, somebody that you want to make a strategic investment in, please consider nominating them. Also, if you're out there and you you want to get more involved or are involved and want to take it to the next level, you can apply yourself. And I want to let people know that, that there is a tuition, but there is financial aid available. So please go to leadershipworcester.com, and those applications are due by May 29th. We'd love to uh, love to have another strong cohort. And what was so interesting about this program is, you know, during this pandemic, which we've gone through, we've seen so many of our graduates of this program play roles in helping respond to the crisis, whether it be uh, individuals in the city economic development office put together the small business resiliency program, whether it be uh, some of the uh, one individual who uh, was uh, part of the UMass Medical School graduating class that graduated early to be out on the front lines, people working in the business community helping with the uh, Worcester Together Fund. Just so many different ways that these these leaders are contributing, and we want to uh, get that next cohort going. Uh, we understand now through this crisis how important local hands-on leadership is, and this is about the continuing that that pipeline. Obviously, you at the chamber and and people in the community doing their part, but I think we talked a couple of weeks ago about how uh, still a, a small segment of the business community is actually applying for these loans. So I guess you're 
you know, uh, you're trying to get out the message, apply, apply, apply. If you don't apply, you, you can't get one of these grants. Yeah, going back to, to the loans, uh, this economic empowerment grant at the treasurer's office, uh, again, a grant, not a loan. At the federal level, uh, the Paycheck Protection Program is a loan, but it, there is a process by which it can be converted to a grant. The SBA just put out the data on that, uh, the, the checklist and application, so you begin the process of converting that loan uh, to a grant. What we are... Uh, can help you in, in that regard. So if people have questions, they can email us at info at worcesterchamber.org, call us at 508-753-2924, and we're going to be putting together some uh, Zoom webinars on this particular conversation, especially to try to help some of our small businesses who may, maybe don't have the capacity or bandwidth of some of the medium, larger size businesses. Great. Hold that thought. I just um, I want to talk to you about the Food Hub after we take this short break. As the voice of local business, the Worcester Regional Chamber of Commerce works hard to foster a dynamic environment of entrepreneurship and economic success. Our members benefit from a broad portfolio of services, including advocacy, economic development activity, and programming efforts. Is your business a member? Check out more at WorcesterChamber.org or on social media at Worcester Chamber. Okay, we're back. And uh, Tim, uh, you know, I... I probably should have mentioned this off the top, but, you know, a very interesting uh, program, um, you know, the uh, the Food Hub. Uh, yeah. Talk to us about it because I, I just find it fascinating. Well, first, uh, in, in the time we have, we're not going to be able to get it yeah. all in, but WorcesterFoodHub.org. I, I urge our listeners to go to WorcesterFoodHub.org. But five years ago, the Health Foundation of Central Mass helped fund an initiative, which the Chamber is a part of, to help create a new organization called the Worcester Food Hub. And uh, what it does two things. It's a commercial kitchen at Greendale's People's Church, where they train people who may have a recipe or want to kind of start a food business, they train you on how to do that with the appropriate certifications that you're going to need to open a business. And they've spawned over that five years a whole host of businesses, uh, some which now have bricks and mortars, but others which are doing catering and, and other types of things. Uh, which adds to kind of the food uh, food scene in Worcester and the diversity of options for food-related uh, products. And so it's been a great thing. The other element is they work with farms, and Worcester County's got more farms than any other county in Massachusetts, to learn what they're growing and then link those farmers and their products up with institutional buyers, the Worcester Public School System, the UMass Memorial Healthcare System, and others. And so those farmers then have a, a cash customer that they know and can depend on the uh, those customers may need certain things the food hub goes and talks to the farmers maybe says they want x amount of this they start growing it and the other thing that the food hub does it food hub does is it picks up the food from the farms delivers them or can store them as well uh in in the freezers as well so it, it's really taken off and then during the course of this crisis they've added another piece which where they're People can go on WorcesterFoodHub.org, and for $50 and, and this add-on opportunities, you get a box or, or grocery bag of locally sourced fresh food from regional farms. And it is one of the best buys you'll get. I, I've seen it. It's impressive. <laughs> one of the best buys you'll get, Lilac, Lilac Hedge Farms in Holden. You get you know stuff from Hadley, uh, ice cream from New Braintree. I think we've kept, we've compared some of the, uh, some of the interesting foods um, – that we've gotten, a, we've had a chance to try, um, you know, uh, in in using this service and and some of the some of the foods that you've got a chance to try. Yeah, uh, uh, fiddleheads. <laughs> yeah, they grow just certain times of year. We cooked those the other week, but 
really fresh, affordable, and and you're supporting local and farms. And it's local, right? And it's local, and and it's taken off over the last uh, ten weeks, and it probably now will be a permanent feature of what and the this food is. Does. I, I've always often thought, and we've written about this, and and if if I think about it, I'll I'll include a link to our story on the Food Hub in um, on this segment. Um, but it really is when you think of Worcester and sharing and uh, the Food Hub. It's just another Worcester thing, right? I mean, it's a central mass, people helping people, uh, investing in the local community, eating local foods. Um, it's the same reason why, you know, we enjoy our local breweries. Um, you know, we you know, we, we dine at local places instead of maybe chain restaurants. And this is just another example of that. Yeah, and I think this crisis has reinforced how important supply chains are food supply chains and how important locally sourced foods are in a crisis like this. So same with manufacturing and things like PPE. So really whatever people can do as things begin to open up, please support your local business, your corner business, your, you know, in your city or town. It's going to make a difference in terms of these businesses being able to climb out of this. And so just urge people to the extent that they've got discretionary income in their household budget to, to support local business. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I read the piece the other day where uh, you expanded on those thoughts of um, supporting local restaurants, supporting local businesses. That's right. And um, it's, it's you know, what we're trying to emphasize, those dollars are spent locally, they stay they stay here, and, and they're small businesses. And then this, you know, past Sunday in the Telegram, David Sullivan, who is the Economic Development Fellow at the Chamber, Clark, just recent Clark grad pursuing his master's, but he did a deep dive into what we call a small business. And quite frankly, the federal government's definition has a, a small business, 499 employees to one. And the chamber, through in the article that David did that was in the Sunday Telegram, said we need a better definition that's more accurate. Because when we think of a small business, we think of the local mom and pop shop, not some national company or some company that maybe covers the East Coast. While important as they are, we should have different categories so that we can give targeted, appropriate assistance where needed in good times and in bad Right. So uh, hold that thought because I do want to talk to you uh, a little bit about uh, the governor's reopening and what it means locally. Subscribe to Telegram.com to stay up to date on your business news from in and around central Massachusetts and have that news delivered to your inbox every day by subscribing to our Business at Noon newsletter. Worcester is growing and so is Telegram.com. Okay, we're back, and uh, we're back, and we have Memorial Day in the rearview mirror looking ahead, um, and uh, today, I guess technically yesterday, uh, another uh, milestone, uh, so to speak, in the, uh, in the, in the governor's reopening plan. Uh, talk about what you're hearing, what you're seeing, how's it going? Yeah, well, you know, I think the most important thing that we advocated in our conversations with Lieutenant Governor Polito and the Reopening Advisory Board is when they made the announcement to reopen, try to have definitive dates and a chronology, paint a picture, if you will. Uh, we recognize that there are businesses who are at the back end of this reopening that are frustrated and have heard from them. There are some that are in gray areas, and we are working with those businesses to try to get clarification both at the local and state level. But uh, you know, with Memorial Day kind of being the first day that the reopening could occur, most people took Memorial Day and celebrated uh, and honoring, you know, those who, who gave the, the, the full measure of devotion to our country uh, and, and, and our behalf. So really, uh, Tuesday, the, the 26th is kind of a what we're likely to see is the reopening day and lab space, office, office space, limited personal services, uh, such as uh, 
you know, hair, pet grooming, car washes, retail is only can do curbside pickup, remote fulfillment. And so that is going to roll out now. Uh, and then on June 1st, office space in Boston can open. That uh, office space around the state can open May 25th, but Boston is June 1st. Um, phase two and phase three reopening is no earlier than June 3rd. And that's where retail restaurants, nail salons, day spas, lodging, day programs, you know, day, day programs, dentist selective procedures can happen. And what we're doing is really urging people who are on that phase two and three to take this time to try to access PPE, put together your safety, social distancing plans, get the guidance that you need uh, and uh, clarification that you may need. And again, the chamber is there to try to help facilitate that. With guidelines, what can open on on June uh, 8th, campgrounds, playgrounds, public and community pools, athletic fields and courts, and youth sports. And, you know, there are businesses that are kind of a blend of these things, and we're working with some as we speak. And then lastly, no earlier than June 29th, bars, casinos, gyms, museums, and all other businesses with the exception of, of nightclubs. So, you know, that that is kind of the process where we're at. Um, again, we know that there are businesses that, that are frustrated, that they're in the back end, you know, one of the states. Um, and, and look, there's no easy decisions here that the, the, the governor and his team are making. They're making decisions that they feel are in the best judgment. And absent being in a gray area, I think the best thing, that, as mentioned, people can do is get everything ready so you you can hit the ground running when the day opens and if the chamber can be hopeful to you helpful to you as we've done throughout this crisis we've opened up our our services to non-chamber member businesses as part of our mission to the broader business community happy to try to assist make referrals access information however we can because we want to help as many businesses reopen as successfully as possible and again that comes down to consumers focusing on their discretionary dollars spending locally yeah and uh i mean you're no stranger to uh crisis management having served in these roles uh over the years so obviously sympathetic to uh lieutenant governor Polito's situation but at the same time kind of serving as a um uh, as a in between between the local community and um and the people making these decisions. So uh talk a little bit about that kind of like that delicate you know kind of give and take hearing passing along interpreting uh situation that you find yourself in. Yeah, we do weekly calls with with the uh, lieutenant governors on many of those Secretary of Housing and Economic Development Mike Keneally, Secretary of Labor and Workforce Development Rosalind Acosta. So we're on calls with those uh, them weekly. We're also almost daily with the city and some of our town leadership because businesses might need clarification. Uh that may be a mix of, of some of these different categories. And, you know, I, I think most, most of the cities and towns leadership that I've worked with to date and our team at the chambers work with to date are sympathetic. They want to get these businesses open, but they want to do it first, you know, under the governor's guidelines and where there's gray area in a way that uh, protects the employees and the business owner and the public and, uh, you know, trying to be creative and getting to solutions. So, uh, you know, June, you know, it, it's for some of the businesses, it's much further out than, than they would like. But, 
you know, these aren't easy decisions. And the last thing we want to have happen, which is already happening in some other states where they're starting to see some spikes, you want to use the, the metrics so that you're not causing a second wave of, of infections and hospitalizations that would cause a further shutdown. So, um, you know, we're just going to work with as many businesses to help them be successful when they do reopen. And that's and you made a good point at the start is um, as much as people are frustrated, you kind of turn that into a positive of trying to prepare themselves to be in the best possible position when it's go time. Yeah, that's it. The PPE, what are they going to need? You know, hand sanitizers, spacing, uh, particularly for the restaurants. You know, how can we work with city and municipal officials if outdoor dining, trying to go through some of those approval process that are still going to be required, but the city has offered to try to, in, in Worcester, to expedite those. Uh, how can we do the same in some of the towns for our restaurants? So, you know, particularly for some of the restaurants and retail, you know, there's some things that we can do so, you know, they have maybe some expanded opportunity uh, with the appropriate city or town sign-offs. Right. So uh, lots of information. Um, I appreciate your time as always. Uh, we'll do it again next week. Thank you, Dave. Thanks. Thanks, Tim. You've been listening to The Voice of Business, a podcast from the Worcester Regional Chamber of Commerce, sponsored by Worcester Regional Airport, in partnership with The Telegram and Gazette. 